Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is March 12th, 2020. If you have Twitter, you can follow the Unicorn Club for Introverts over on Twitter, and you will know when you found the right profile when you see a unicorn made out of burlap. So listen, I just want to do a really quick podcast specifically for us women, us women who are dating or in a relationship, maybe married, whatever your social status is, this podcast is specifically for us. So we know here in the United States, people put a high emphasis on looks. The shape of a person's body, weight, if uh, a person is attractive, the level of attractiveness, whether you're feminine or masculine, it's mostly about looks. And all my life I've been told that I've, I am pretty. I am pretty for a dark-skinned girl. I hear you're a beautiful woman. I hear you have a nice shape, so forth and so on. And at first, when I would hear these things, it would go to my head because I never heard it from my mother or my father. So when people told it to me, I was like, I am, for real? And then I really started to take a look at myself. And then I kept hearing it more and more. And so it kind of went to my head and gave me a swollen head. And then I got to a place where I was using my looks to get what it was that I had wanted. Whatever I had wanted at that time. And then it dawned on me that looks has really nothing to do in the grand scheme of life. And so, um, just as a prophetess, as a woman, as a mother as a friend, as a daughter, as a niece, as a sister, and as an entrepreneur, as an employee, I just humbled myself and I wasn't vain anymore because I learned to decrease my ego and pride and increase my my self-worth and my self-love. I learned that your mental and emotional health is more important than looks. And so being that I am no longer vain, I can see things through the lens of love. I consider myself to be selfless and a humanitarian I am the one that would give the shirt off of my back to someone who I felt it would bless them or they deserved it. I wouldn't give my shirt to someone who doesn't need it or to someone who they're just trying to survive off the easy off of someone else the easiest way that they can but they're fully 
physically capable of getting their own shirt. So what I had began to do was see what it was about me that people would come to me. Even in my 20s, there would be people that would come to me when, when they had nothing, literally nothing, not a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. They didn't have a roof over their head. They didn't have money. They couldn't feed themselves, and they would come to me. And I would teach them how to get on their feet and to stand on their own two feet and to make it long-term and how to make their lives easier. And once they got on their feet, all of a sudden, they would fall off of the face of the earth and no longer existed to them. And as God so have it, he always caused people to climb, they, they climb the ladder, and the very people that they shit on as they're climbing the ladder, they have to pass on their way back down. And so these people would come back to me. No apology, but they would come back to me for help. And so I began to sit back and think, what is it about me that caused people to come to me? What is it about people, what is it about me that people like? What value is it that I'm bringing to someone's life that they actually want me in their circumference, in their comfort zone, in their life? Even if it was at a distance, they still had me 50% in their life. And the other 50% of them not having me in their lives was simply because they had trust issues. They had trust issues from things that happened to them with other people. And so they've gotten to a place where they don't trust anyone. So I was only allowed to be in their lives 50%. But why did they allow me to be partially in their lives? Why is it when people stop speaking to me? Later on down the line, they come back to me for a friendship. What value did I bring to them that they valued me? And so I tried to figure it out on my own, and I could not. And so what I began to do was ask people, male and female. Sometimes people would tell me, and sometimes they would not. So here's what I want to say to you. If you want to know what it is about you that people like, ask them. But like I said in a previous podcast, you have to word your questions a specific way to where the person has no other choice but to tell the truth. So here's what I learned about wordplay. People like technical fouls, meaning you didn't ask the right question. I remember there was this guy that I was talking to, and we were getting along and spending time with each other, and we enjoyed each other's company, and then one day he disappeared. And I said, well, what happened to you? He just kind of disappeared. And he said, I'm in a relationship. I said, oh, you are? I didn't know. You didn't tell me that. And he said to me, you didn't ask. You didn't ask. 
He made it my fault that I didn't know. And there was no rebuttal that I had for that because he was right. I didn't ask. But the way that he was carrying himself with me made me think that he was single. Fast forward, that man got married to the woman that he was in a relationship with. I think at this point, they've been married about seven or eight years. That was a shitty thing for him to do, to flip it around on me the way that he did. But what was it about me that he spent so much time with me and not with her? When I go to work, there's there's patients that latch on to me. I have neighbors that latch on to me. There's people that have pets and their pets latch on to me. There are men that latch on to me in in a first conversation. I have professors from college that I still speak to and I graduated in 2015. I think it was either 2014 or 2015 that I graduated from college. And there's still two of them that I speak to. Like they never forgot me. So I had to figure out or understand what it was about me that people liked. And so I learned that people liked that I was easy to talk to, that I was non-judgmental, that I had really great wisdom. People liked that they felt better after talking to me. Even if they were to go out shopping with me, they would feel better after shopping with me. I learned that people like how strong I am. They like how resolute I am. People like that I'm smart. People like that I can actually help them with whatever it is that they're going through. People like that um, I'm connected with God and that I actually read the Bible and I can give them spiritual or godly guidance. People like that I am loyal. And all of that is aside from my looks and my beauty, the shape of my body, so forth and so on, whatever. And so I know what it is that people value in me that keeps them coming back. I have crossed some people that are just downright childish or stupid and they don't understand that when they find a good person in their life, a good person, a good friend, a good partner, a good friend, family member, to treat them the way that they will want to be treated, or better yet, treat that person the way that they treat themselves, and let the person decide for themselves if they want to stay in their lives or not. They rather just get in their feelings and feel rejected and abandoned and they're, they're 
pride and ego is bruised, and so they rather just cut off the person that they really should be keeping in their lives. But what happens is those people come right back around again. But by then, once you become an adult, when people do stuff like that, and they come back around after they cut you off, like they don't get a second chance. And that's the life lesson that they have to learn, to take advantage of the right opportunities because you may not get a second chance or you may not get a second chance anytime soon. So here's what I want to say to you. If you want to know what it is that people like about you, you word your question like this. What is it that you think of me that you find me to be interesting? What is it that you think of me that you find me to be interesting? When it comes to men, they kind of separate things. They departmentalize things. And what a man thinks of a woman is completely different from how a man thinks of a woman. I met a man who absolutely loved his woman, but he wouldn't marry her. And one day he said out of his mouth, she's a hood rat. But he lives with her. He has sex with her. He goes half on the bills with her. He loves her. But he won't marry her. And he don't think too highly of her either. If anything were to happen to her, he wouldn't even keep in contact with the people that he met through her, her family members, or anything like that. He'd move to a whole other state. Because he doesn't think highly of her. So it's very important when in specific you're talking to a man you ask a man, what do you think of me that you find me to be interesting? If you're talking to a woman, women answer questions based off of how they feel. So the only thing you have to do with a woman is ask her a question and make it sound emotional. You'll get the answer. So that's what I came on to um, share with you guys. It's po the point of this podcast was to teach you how to gather information to analyze what is it that you bring to the table in any form of a relationship. Shalom.